0: Hello folks and welcome back to Gatekeeper Media's In The Mix. My name is Nick Hanson, your 2022 Polecat World Champ. Alongside me is Isaac Goldblatt. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing quite well today, Nick. Excited to be back in the booth with you.
0: Yeah, so we had a great event this past weekend. We were at the Ledgestone Open in Peoria, Illinois. Um, In Peoria, we've got some really good courses. Um, The Northwoods Black Course, uh, the Eureka Lake Course, and then also the Sunset Hills course is the courses for this weekend.
1: Yeah, the Sunset Hill course is specifically played by the FPO and uh, Northwoods Black is which will be played by both fields.
0: Yes, both fields will be playing that and the MPO will only be the only ones playing uh, the Eureka course. So taking a step back, we're gonna look at some of the previous winners. In 2018, we had Nate Sexton and Jessica Weiss. In 2019, we had Paul Macbeth and Paige Pierce. In 2020, we had Ricky Waisaki and Katrina Allen. And then last year, there was a little bit of, you could say, natural events. Isaac, you were there firsthand. Let's hear a little bit about last year's event.
1: Yeah, last year, uh, 2021 was a, a pretty fun event where it was a long weekend, us taking on Northwoods Black and its changes for the first time. There was a lot going on. Those, Those rounds averaged out around six and a half hours almost. And going on to Eureka, the final day, we had lightning come in, we had rain, there was chances of crazy thunderstorms, so there was a delay, and we were stuck on hole six for the longest time waiting for what the outcome and delays would move through. And it ended up getting canceled, that event, and there was a split decision to, to have the, the men tie. There was actually a tie that year. Last yes, year. so
0: our competitors Calvin Heinberg and Ricky Wysocki tied in the MPO division, and Paige Pierce was our winner on the FPO side. Uh, fast forward into this year, however, the Pro Purse is up to $125,000. Can you incredible. believe that?
1: That's incredible. To see just only a few years ago... That it was it was under a hundred thousand and they've been keep bumping it and pushing it.
0: Yeah, in twenty nineteen actually the pro purse was seventy-seven thousand. So that's just telling you how much we've grown in the last, you know, three to four years alone. Just we're exponentially growing each year and you know, tournaments like this are able to capitalize that and you know, bring a ton of players. To the event
1: specifically, Nate Heinold ran events. This this event, Ledgestone, it brings in so many people. the the mass market of getting disc golfers runs a big event and also gives back to the people. Yeah.
0: That's, say what the. And speaking of giving back to the people, Nate Heinold and the Ledgestone team donated a hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year. So let's go Incredible. ahead. That's freaking sick. Give back. Yeah. And grow. That's how you know. So great job there, Nate. I want to thank you personally again. You know, it's incredible what you're doing for our sport, not only on the pro purse side, but also with giving back in, you know, going hand in hand with your events. So good job on that. Um, Let's kick it over to the men's recap, though. Uh, The top storylines, you know, uh, We're well, obviously, you know, the co-champions from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ricky Waisaki coming into would be a two-time defending champ if you consider like
1: for sure back to back. He wants to come in and see see what's good. Honestly, also we had uh, Kyle Klein last year was fighting really hot from our card, and I know he was he was like five through five on the last day didn't even get the fight for his chance i know this year he he's gonna want to really come after it
0: yeah he's been definitely bringing the heat this year i would say and he has the ability on these courses to i would say win and you know it's not just these courses specifically i would say kyle has grown in the last couple years into the person that can win on you know a wide open course because he has good power but he also has control and accuracy for these wood shots here at northwoods black we're gonna see
1: i mean he's still so fresh so young like he's he's Setting an example for the game.
0: Yeah, and another one that's setting an example. Alden Harris actually coming off a win from last week, and I'm excited to see what you know how hey, he finished yeah. here. His first pro tour win at the Mid America Open.
1: Oh yeah, and he he beats out his his mentor Gannon, fresh on his heels. I'm sure that that was very fun to go home to to have that under his belt now.
0: Yeah, and uh, jumping right into round one, um, starting off with a very hot round is actually Gannon Burr, and Gannon was on our card to start that round, he came in with 11 under, bogey free, 10.86 to start off the event.
1: Starting off in Eureka, seeing that fresh hot score, it's honestly, we had an amazing card.
0: Yes, we, that's we had a very amazing card. If you haven't seen our card, go check it out on uh, YouTube on our Gatekeeper channel here. Um, that first card was Electric um, Simon Chandler Fry. We had just a fun, you know, a fun round overall. There was excitement the entire way through. One, we have Gannon Burr shooting, you know, the hot round, and then we have obviously two. If you haven't seen it, you're already. I'm very surprised, but Chandler Fry getting an ace dang boy so that was our first ace con coverage this year uh so we're very happy about that it's always on the film an ace (laughs) on the
1: first day no less
0: yeah the first day whole seven our lucky number as a team so we're very excited that but let's get back into the leaderboard here anthony Barella coming in second with a nine under par a 1072 Uh, rated yeah, which is pretty hot. stellar as well. Um, a name you don't see very often, but an up and comer nonetheless, Kevin Kiefer, with a 1065 8 underrated. Hey, yeah. So, pretty good there. And we had a couple at 7 down. Tell me about them. 7 down, coming in at
1: 1059 rated. <clears throat> we had Bradley Williams, Coriolis, Brennan Cawthorn, which is Millennium team sponsored. Hey, yeah. And Andrew Presnell, which was our fourth member on our card. Yep, those were some good. Yeah,
0: so some good scores there to start the day, Um, but we had quite the action for you know the day in general.
1: Day day one, honestly, it it didn't stop. I I was hearing screams all over the course. Yeah,
0: so let's talk about that quick. We had three aces on the day. How often do you have three aces, let alone in a whole disc golf pro tour event? I would say that is pretty rare
1: oh freaking rare especially especially in
0: a whole event yeah we got some rare air here so let's go ahead and talk about and there's actually four total aces on the day sorry um Chandler fry and gt hancock both getting hole seven uh ezra aderhold getting hole 12 and emerson keith getting hole 17. hole 12 is an amazing get if you guys
1: know hole 12 is the, the iconic water hole you really got to have to release really a huge hyzer around there Uh, that's a big bomb splash in the
0: chains yeah i've watched that shot probably 10 to 15 times now and i think every single time i just wish there was a catch cam on there
1: yeah you're just like i i believe you it goes in but like it does it though
0: yeah (laughs) so good job from them for getting aces it's always fun to get an ace in a tournament round. it gives you some hopefully some good momentum going into your next hole um, one other shout out we have an eagle on hole 16 from Tristan Tanner uh, you just said it was at 83 feet so just uh, outside of circle two you really maybe gotta, a throw in
1: it's got to be a throw in after maybe a huge huge roller yeah I mean, that's that's you gotta push it around there you got OB left you got the, all the the bushes on the right you can get it all the way down there and just Nice little throw and push it down the hill. So
0: it's a little downhill. They got the Mando about halfway down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my guess is roller. Definitely roller. So so good job, you know, from those uh, highlights there. And a quick look, the hardest hole on the course was, no surprise, hole six playing at .87 over par and only eight birdies on the day.
1: Only eight birdies, well, freaking they they're in for something tomorrow let me tell you
0: yeah they need some birdies um, and whole whole six really you know i think the hardest part is just the second shot the first shot really for them isn't that hard it's just a hyzer and then landing that green from you know the 425 450 that they are that's really the hardest part because we saw that if you were getting to the left side of that green, you had the problem of skipping out of bounds.
1: Yeah, most times when they're they're setting up for their second shot, they're trying to push it over over all the spectators. There, I noticed that they were trying to push everybody off to the right side so that they wouldn't they wouldn't get that skip when they would push for getting to the green. But yeah, if they were pushed off to the left a bit more, those skips would go out of bounds.
0: Yeah, the other thing that I really liked was that the out of bounds. On the, if you're looking at the green from the hole, on the right-hand side was not mowed. And so players were not getting a skip out of there, which yeah. I really like.
1: Yeah, it's it's pushing that, like, you're going to have to play with the elements, and you can't always get the that skip that you want.
0: Yeah, that you would be hoping for, but it really just required a much more pinpoint accurate shot because you're not able to throw it, you know, 30, 40 feet right of, in bounds and then land in bounds because you're throwing this huge power shot with you know a 13 speed driver that then you know will just give you that 40 foot skip at the end. Yeah. So great hole design there in my opinion I would say. Uh, a switch
1: up now from the amount of power and that they were pushing out out in Eureka is going to be completely different into day two. Yeah. Now going into Northwoods Black, there's a whole lot more shot shaping in woods golf. So it's a completely different element. The OBs is going to be something different, where you're you're really just trying to make sure you get your lines rather than just push it down the fairway.
0: Yeah, Northwood. There's not only tight fairways, but you're also going to have OB lining a lot of the fairways. You're going to have mandos. There's creeks that run throughout the course. So overall, it's a very tight OB ridden course, I would say, um, and. You know, we saw that in the amount of OBs this weekend as an overall total going into it. But looking at the end of day two, our we had a three-way tie, actually.
1: Yeah, we had uh, three people coming in to push it to making a difference on on day two. Uh, right out of the gate, we had uh, Ricky Waisaki, Matt, Matt Oum, and who else? Uh, I forget who else shot seven down, but they, they pushed it to tie up at a 13 down Ricky, Anthony Barella, and Gannon Burr, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, so Ricky was going to pop off a 7 down, 10.58 rated, to gain traction on Gannon and Anthony Barella. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, Matt Oram not far off the lead there at Mm -hmm. 7. And then, yeah, I mean, the amount of golf that you have to play at Northwoods is, you said last year it was six hours, right? Say, yeah, so about six hours around. This year we were probably at, what, four and a half? Four and a half. For least. the first day, so pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, so they didn't really make too many hold changes, but they, there was a lot of uh, manicuring, making the course. The course looks so much better than it did last year. It's, not, it's still a beast, but it's not as much showing its teeth. Uh, they're, the, the gaps are more open, the landing areas are more forgiving, uh, and the flow. Like We had backups on backups last year where we probably only came up to one and it was only after the back nine that it was much more enjoyable. Our overall filming experience as a crew wasn't getting strenuous. So I can say that the, 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 the changes that were made for us probably definitely make a difference on the players out there.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And no surprise here, the hardest hole in the course on day two was hole 12. It's that par five that some of our players have been saying is really a par six. That's incredible. So the hole played on round one or round two sorry, the first round there as 1.37 over par, but we had two birdies on it, and that was Ben Calloway and Garrett Gurthy.
1: I remember that one. What is that hole
0: 12? So hole 12 is the long par 5 that it's going to, you're going to shape a shot from left to right and then you're oh throwing across gosh. that creek oh, yeah. to then go uphill to then get to that mouth where you basically have like a 250 foot tunnel to get to the green.
1: Oh my, the, yeah, those first shots are definitely key because if you can't get around the corner then you're you're bending it off. You want to be able to first have a far enough landing shot to push it up to go down the hill everyone was that that second shot i think is most crucial on that par five
0: yeah i would say the mpo players on that second shot are trying to get to where the hill you know basically goes flat mm-hmm. you know 30 or 40 feet before that gap mm-hmm. and if they can get there they're in a good position but if you're not there you want to probably be like 20 feet short of the bottom of the hill, I would say.
1: For sure. You don't want to go for anything too dangerous because even shooting up into that hill, you have the rough on the right and the left, trees lining the whole thing down that you're going to get bogeys real quickly if you get off the fairway. Yeah,
0: and as you can tell by the score separation there and you know the 1.37 over par, there was plenty of bogeys, double bogeys, and more. Um, but Ben Calloway and Garrett Gurthy, they tackled it on day one getting the birdie there. So, congratulations to them. And personally, I saw that hole, and I think it's a par five. I, don't I think know. it's, it's a, a fair par five. Very, very difficult par five. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there should be holes that are hard to just get par on. And that's okay.
1: I think that is very much okay. Like, yeah.
0: we don't have to be able to birdie everyone. A no. birdie can be something that's, you know.
1: Sometimes birdies are treats.
0: Yeah. You got to feel
1: good about your par sometimes. Yeah. And, like, if you have to work for it, then that's just what it is. Um, another another treat on day two, uh, Dan Schlitter. We saw Dan. Schlitter. Schlitter, baby. That's some good schlitter <laughs> uh, when we were walking onto the course for day two, we see uh, this guy coming up, big old smile, and we were telling him about our, our great hole seven ace yesterday, and he's like, hole seven? I got a hole seven ace today. Man, that guy, he after going on hole seven, that's a big one.
0: Yeah, we got to hole seven on day two, and I was like, wait a second, he aced this one? So hole seven is, I would say, it's dominantly thrown like a flex sidearm yeah you definitely you
1: that's i mean that's how he hit it you really got to be able to put, like hyzer flip it out to even hope that it's going to dump back in yeah. because the way that those trees s line down the fairway it just sets
0: up perfectly for that mm-hmm. ready flex
1: yeah people are trying to push a, a turnover out there but like they they, they find themselves off in the left hand rough because there's no time to turn that and by the time that it's coming back in way too many trees right
0: and would you say that the right gap for like right hand hyzer is available if you like as a poke and hope it's definitely
1: up there as a poke and hope i think uh andrew presnell was the only one to make it through with if, uh, if you check out that our coverage or i forget if not presnell but someone on day two was the only one to push it through yeah definitely
0: so as you can see, some of these part threes, even at the Northwoods course, are not really gimmies by any means to even get your par out there. So uh congratulations to Dan on the Ace. As always, you know? aces are great. Aces are great. We love aces. And you should too. But let's move on to day three. So, day three, we were once again back at Northwood. And Ricky is, no surprise, going to be leading after day three. He's still
1: holding it down. Ricky's going to come in uh, with a six down. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone really shoots any hotter than him.
0: I think there was somebody hotter down below, like in the eight or nine range. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody within the top ten that really popped off. No
1: one enough to make a difference in when the cut's coming in. Like, the people who's, who were left in... Like, you're making a difference on the last, like, on Northwoods. You want to make sure that you make that cut line. And Ricky had no problem
0: doing it. Yeah, obviously, Ricky has no problem making the cut line. That six down is going to propel him into the lead, though. Um, Barella and Burr, not far behind, though, shooting five down on the course, which is very respectable. Um, we're still looking in that 1040 range. And you're shooting 1040s. You're very happy with yourself. You're putting yourself in a position to win, and you're putting yourself in the position to, you know, Podium, if not be within the top five. Um, so, following that up, we had Matt Oram um, at 17, Paul Macbeth at 16, um, Kyle and Randon from our card. They played well at 3 mm-hmm. under par, and you know both of them scrambled, I would say, a little bit um, to get there, but both overall played very well on the
1: day. They played very well. It was uh, Randon's first time on our card on uh, day three. And he, he made some highlights for sure. If you check out of that coverage, you want to look at hole nine. Man, does he pump it up there? Gets up his upshot. Freaking huge freaking 70-footer. Let me tell you, you're going to yeah. want to see that.
0: We had some sick, sick action on that card. And Kyle Kline coming in at 1,200 par, also shooting a three down. Um, so we have quite the battle you know, after day three.
1: Yeah, like, the coming in coming in hot, everybody, the scoreboard's tight, and people are going to make a run. Definitely. Yeah,
0: those five players at the top of our leaderboard after day three can really do anything on the course. They all have the shots. They all have the ability. Um, I don't foresee Rick, you know, giving up, like, a multiple-stroke lead, but only a one-stroke lead. Definitely...
1: Yeah, could be compromised. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially at Eureka.
1: At Eureka, it's still challenging. You're going to be fighting those obs. Um, Speaking of obs, actually, uh, not even obs, but bogeys. Um, Round three, um, there was no bogeys last year in 2021 at Northwoods. No bogey free rounds. No bogey free rounds. and coming out of the round three, we actually saw two MPO players have uh, bogey free
0: rounds, and that is honestly just incredible to hear from uh, that course.
1: From that course, how much? Uh, even though I say it's not showing its teeth as much, it's it's a hard course. Like I, I, it's props to these gentlemen, uh, Andrew Marweed and Isaac Robinson. Coming out of those course, uh, day day three, leaving their mark, they're leaving that course, and they know that they went bogey-free. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, that track, bogey-free, is very, very impressive. So shout-out to them. Congratulations. And once again on day three, no surprise here, hole number 12 playing as the hardest hole in the course. 1.18 over par. I still am in my firm belief that this is a par five. And, yeah. I, I think, think that I I don't know, And I think it's and I think it's a fair par five. It's very technical, very hard, but it's there. And we did get one birdie out of it as well on day three. Albert Tam,
1: in the bazooka. Oh, gee, yeah. He just shot it up there. That's why. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. I believe it.
0: Probably like dropped it in from like six mm-hmm. feet for birdie. It's
1: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could does. see that one yeah. happening.
0: So moving into round four, the cut was made at fifty percent. And to make the cut, you had to be shooting 10-20 rated golf. The field has changed. This is uh, like a next
1: upper echelon of golfers out here. Like if you want to be up there shooting 10-20, that's that's something else.
0: Yeah, 10-20 is making the cut and cashing at these pro tour events. When I believe last year, it was really usually in that 1005 to 1010 range that was caching.
1: Caching, yeah so it's it's a whole nother level
0: you gotta be playing on average a stroke to a stroke and a half better per round to cash nowadays which is just incredible and it's really showing where the sport is going in terms of athletes that are entering our sport and also just our players that are perfecting their game and you know being more consistent on a week in and week out basis Wouldn't you say
1: for sure definitely the the consistency is what would is what shows honestly i just saw a stat recently that uh Paul Macbeth has gone like 12 events without like a, a DGPT win or something of the sort. Mm. And so like the, the consistency is it's, it's immense that like there's so many people out here that are fighting day in and day out, that, like the echelon of players are up there, like it's, it's noticeable.
0: Yeah, it's no longer the Paul and Ricky show, it's anybody, any weekend can really, you know, anybody within the top 30 rating points can pop one off and have a weekend of four rounds mm-hmm. and be the b- best player that weekend, I would like, say. Like, I mean, this, this, this track could certainly hold
1: two events at Eureka and Ledgestone, but I mean, the fact that we have this between the two really shows the, a, a full-rounded type of golfer. Yeah,
0: and as we get into round four, we'll talk about a couple things. Uh, Matt Bell... Acing hole seven on the day. Another one, it's, especially for that guy. He's had so many aces this year. I feel like another one. What do we get? I think he got one just this um, the weekend prior.
1: Yeah.
0: At a tournament, he got one here. Another one. He got one Dino. for oh wait twenty five thousand dollars. Cash
1: money ace. No, honestly, like it's there's nothing like hitting the cash money ace. Like does he
0: just have the ace magic? You think or. Yes,
1: I, I, I may have to just freaking just rub some off of that. Yeah, I mean,
0: so. man, I may need to get, like, a rub from your bag or something. I need some of that luck on my side. That so luck. Congratulations to another ace. Uh, a couple eagles on hole 16, Ezra Aderhold and Kevin Jones. Congratulations there. And the hardest hole on the course was hole 5, playing at point five seven over par. That one is the baseball field hole, where if you go out of bounds, you go to a drop zone that is significantly hard i would say to get up and down for your par like you can throw out of bounds again you get sometimes nervous throwing it long because there's ob Mm -hmm. deep once you're there that day
1: uh in particular, it was a little bit windy going over the 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 baseball field and not usually on day one but on the last day people are going to really push it most times people play nice nice and safe you can go pitch to the right pitch up try and get your par but people are really gonna try and push it over, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some wind push you out,
0: and too many people go to the drop zone. Yeah, we had three birdies on the day. However, uh, Kevin Jones, Calvin Heinberg, and Brody Smith. So congratulations to the, those three birdies. Hey, yeah. But let's take a look at our leaderboard, and Ricky Wysocki winning by four strokes at 26 under par and seven down on the round. Really having one of the hot rounds. Man, he
1: was coming in hot. I, like, I mean, we were checking in. We were finishing up our, our round uh, with a chase card, and I, I saw that he took, like, a double, and he was dropping down. And I'm like, whoa, he, he lost some strokes, but he was still above two. He was coming in high. He was feeling good.
0: Yeah, so Paul McBeth ch- jumping up from the chase card to get second place at 22 under par and shooting six under. Um, Gannon Burr taking third. Anthony Barella taking fourth. And a couple ties for fifth. Corey Ellis actually with 10 down final day hot round. Damn, my God. That's incredible at that course. That's and incredible. Very well done, gentlemen. Once again, congratulations to Ricky Wysocki on what is now three championships in a row.
1: Back to back to back.
0: Let's go, Rick. Let's go, Rick. I don't. I don't. I feel like it's hard not to be a Rick fan.
1: It is hard not to be a Rick fan, but I'm sure there's people out there. There's you plenty. You know what? Just enjoys golf, man. There
0: is plenty. So if we dive into some of the player stats here, um, T to green gain was won by Ricky, obviously. However, it was only over Mike Macbeth by .27, so a pretty That's slim pretty margin. Pretty dang
1: there. close. Yeah. Macbeth. I mean, on last round, you're always going to see a a push. And we, if Rick wasn't going to win, we would have liked to see a Paul Macbeth chase guard
0: win. Oh, Let's tell you. I mean, uh, I feel like everybody doesn't want to see that except us.
1: No, it's just us. It is just us. But, like, maybe we can get you guys to want that, too. Yeah,
0: I think you guys should, you know, push for the action. And, you know, once in a while, somebody's got to come up and be like, whoa,
1: he already won. And... You'll see it. You'll see it, and we'll have it.
0: We'll be there waiting for you when it's ready. So, Andrew Marweed, two weeks in a row, leading in putting gained and C1X at these pro tour events. He is an absolute putting machine these days.
1: I mean, you're gonna man. You're,
0: you're saving your your bogey free rounds with some putting. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, congratulations to him for that. Um, Ricky leading the field with only three OB strokes on the weekend I would say with the amount of OB at both these courses that is very impressive
1: very impressive like uh, that that's what makes the difference in adding strokes to most of these folks
0: right. The average of OB strokes amongst the top 10 was seven point64 strokes seven so he's right there gained four strokes on the you know the rest of the top 10 and you know, that right there was the, the, like, difference. It is the difference maker. Between him and Paul McBeth. Um, I, mean, I don't he, think if Paul McBeth th- had seven no B-strokes, but just as an example, like, mm-hmm. most of them were, you know, it's around the average, and, you know, that worked with them tied, and we could have had a playoff.
1: Playoffs are fun.
0: Playoffs are great. We're golf guys. So that's going to wrap up our NPO coverage from Ledgestone, and let's move over to the FBO coverage.
1: So we're going to come in, FPO side, uh, round one, day one, is going to be in uh, Northwoods. Uh, we have uh, Kristen Tatar, which is it's amazing to see her coming back after since her injury. She's going to be feeling refreshed, wanting to come back, take a title down. And uh, we also have Paige Pierce. Uh, tell us about Paige
0: Pierce. So Paige Pierce, I don't know if you guys know her or not. If you don't, you should look her up. But defending champ, and she's also won five times in 13 starts at this event. So This
1: is her event.
0: I would say she feels very comfortable here, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if those two that we just mentioned are battling at the end of the fourth round. I would like to see that. I mean, after Champions Cup, I think everybody wants to see that more and more. Um, You know, Katrina's always been a good player, and she's been battling with Paige, but... I think we're really seeing this, you know, Kristen and, you know, Paige battle this year more than anything else.
1: For sure. I mean, we never know what may come down through Worlds. There's so many women in the field, but Kristen, this is Kristen's year. If she can stay healthy, she can really fight for it.
0: Yeah, so I did hear that, you know, she is still working through elbow pain. Um, she talked to doctors, and it is manageable to get through the season. So that's what she's going to do is just manage her pain and get through the rest of the season and then kind of take care of it within the off-season. which makes sense. It's smart. Um, you know, it's, your, you know, it's really game. good to take time off to actually figure out what's going on. So that way, you know, you can either come back stronger or, you know, you just figure it out. And as she did, she figured out that she can play through it if she can tolerate the pain. and after round one, you know, she looks like she didn't have any issues there. Shooting a 1,003 rated round. Incredible at 500 par. Um, Lisa, Fakus, and Missy Gannon, though, not far off at 400. Not under. far off at all. And then, um, no surprise here, the Mondahandus close behind. Close
1: behind at three down, and then two down is uh, Alexis and Katie Toddy. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's... Coming through, I mean, they play a different rendition of uh, Northwoods. It's a little... They're Northwoods shorts, but that, that course still has teeth, and it, it's still... There's plenty of trees and lines to fight.
0: Yeah, so it is shorter by ways. However, it's still very, very technical, I would say. And obviously, you know, it's not going to be... Comparatively in distance, it's, you know, like what their averages are going to be. So, like, for them, it's still going to be... Almost like how Northwoods Black plays for the MPO division, I would say. For sure. And, you know, one of our hardest holes comes in at .78 over par. It was hole 18, um, which is not surprising. It's kind of just like this 90-degree shot where they're throwing one long shot, then they're throwing one long shot that's also a tunnel and a little bit elevated.
1: Yeah, and that, that second shot is... It's definitely specific. If you don't know how to pitch up your shot up the hill, you can get off the fairway real quickly. And having to fight through some trees on 18 is not a fun way to walk off.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of times on these this course specifically that if you're on the fairway but just off it a little bit, you're in these like grove, like small like lines of trees.
1: Don't be a hero.
0: Where you know you want to try and hit these gaps, but mm-hmm. you really just need to pitch out and, and you just pitch out and pitch down your- the fairway yeah. and go because.
1: Because uh, like they're, 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 they're that hard and, and so hard that there was only one FPO player to get a, a birdie on hole 18 It's your girl Kristen Tatar.
0: No surprise there. No
1: surprise there. She throws
0: far her sidearm has been looking better than ever um, and You really need both at Northwood.
1: No for sure If you're gonna be able to be able to push it through those gaps push it through those lines
0: So hole one was the next hardest hole mm-hmm. um, coming in at 0.74 over par so I feel like this one might be, like, a little bit of a tweener for the women because they play the same hole as the men, um, also as a par 3, I believe.
1: Yeah, it, it is a, a par 3 for them. Um, definitely makes it much harder for them. Um, but I feel like this is the... the, the I, I don't think it needs to be a par 4 for the women. Right. Um, it's difficult enough where it pushes, um, and there there are those hard holes that there has to be sometimes. Yeah,
0: for... Um any of the women in the top 30 can throw two mid-ranges, I would say, and mm-hmm. get up and down for par. Definitely. Um, there's also a good majority of the women that I think could throw a fairway driver or driver and get within circle one or circle two. To yeah, have a setting button.
1: up a circle two for but sure. But
0: is it worth that risk when the hole's already playing over par? And I think for a lot of them, they probably said no.
1: I would probably say, yeah, that they, 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 they go no. Um, but if you're... you're on day two or whatever it is on the day the day three later you're gonna fight for that yeah try and push it
0: yep if you need to push it you can and you know as we saw it playing over par and you know they're gonna be pushing as much as they can at this you know at this level like a lot of these players control these shots and so I feel like we're gonna see that when we get back there for the final day um, so rounding out round one we had an ace and it was somebody's first ace Hey
1: yeah. First ace first ace on hole eleven. Who is it? Um it was
0: Erica Stitchcom.
1: That's that's freaking that's a that's a novelty. Freaking getting a first ace during a tournament round, that feels freaking great. Yeah. Do you remember your first ace? I
0: do remember my first ace. It was at um Hill Park in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was hole one and it was a green ESP meteor. A meteor? Oh, a little turnover shots, butted right into it. Yeah. Do you remember your
1: first ace? I do. Mine, my first ace was with a, uh, a, a Millennium Draco. Hey, yeah, and that was during a tournament. I got paid out. That Ooh. was freaking great. It was in the middle of the winter. Freaking just pushed out a big old flake. Probably similar to Erica's. Nice, just pushed it out, let it come back in. Splash!
0: Bang! Bang! Congratulations Bang. on the ace. Great job, um, Erica. So, once again, day one was full of aces. Mm-hmm. Five total aces out of our two fields. Aces in your faces. You got to be happy about that, I would say.
1: I'm happy about
0: it. I'm happy for them, and um, I didn't even get a witness yeah, most of them. Yeah, yeah. So, we're moving on to round two, and round two is going to be at Sunset Hills. Um, it's going to be on a golf course where, for most, all the women, I would say that all the holes are birdieable.
1: Definitely, uh, it's a manageable course. It's much more open. Uh, the women have played here before. There's not too too many changes. in coming out here, uh, we have many of the women shooting pretty hot uh, up on the top. Uh, Missy Gannon at a, an eight down, which is uh, above a thousand rated. Amazing when the women come out and shoot above thousand rated.
0: Yeah, so that eight down actually propelled her to the lead after day one at twelve her par.
1: Uh, after that, we have Lisa Fakus at a six down, Kristen Tatar a four, and then Paige Pierce actually shot the, the, I think that was the hot round. Yes. That was a freaking amazing hot round and a nine down. But it, after working with the the, the tough Northwoods, it, it helped push her back to get in fighting contention.
0: And honestly, it's I would say it's no surprise to see her pushing up to the top um, this early in the tournament because, you know. This is a tournament she's done, played very well at. And, I mean, it's hard to count her out. No, you can ever. never count Paige Pierce out. Like,
1: like as much as, like, she, she, she wants more and more and more, you can't count her out. She's going to keep getting more and more and more.
0: And she, she just has that switch where she can just turn it on, and when she's on, like, good luck. Yeah. If she has a lead like your toast... And if you've got a slight lead on her, like... She'll make you work for it. She's going to make you sweat. So, finishing out the, you know, top couple players after round two was a neg five from Holly Hanley. And what did she do? Dang, what did she do? She threw in, oh, on hole six today for an albatross. <laughs> I don't know if it was confirmed, but I heard on the coverage that they were talking about this might be the first FPO albatross <laughs> in... Like Pro Tour history. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's also I, I heard the same thing. Um, and congrats to Holly. She she freaking smashes.
0: She, yeah. First off, somebody asked me earlier in the week if they thought that hole was soft then, and I was like, get out of here with that. She threw it like what, like a four something, and then three something. No, yeah, and Holly then a water carry to the green. Like you can't you can't mess with a, like a woman who knows how to crush. Like. Yeah, she's one of the first throwers on to her i would say would you agree yeah and so it's no surprise seeing her name next to that accolade because you know when you can th- you know cuz there was a lot of players that were throwing their first shot and then laying up before that water and not going for the green whereas some of these big arms are able to go for that green and, and I mean, as you, she she rung it up one time
1: yeah, she she's got the form she's got the the, the mental she'll she'll push it yeah. i like
0: it so over there hole 15 actually played as the hardest hole um, not terribly hard, but at point two or at point four two or par. So within a half a stroke of par is, you know, I feel like always a good hole. Yeah, um, so
1: hard that there's only five birdies day the first day out at sunset. Yeah. Uh, out of a pretty large field yeah definitely Um, a larger field it was it's impressive to see such a large field of uh, women out there
0: yeah i feel like every week um or every month per se the you know tournaments are getting you know larger in terms of pay and all those things more spectators but we're also having a larger field for the fpo month in and month out you know each year and Mm -hmm. it's incredible and it's awesome to see for them because we're really starting to see the competition um, unfold and we're like just like the MPO field we're seeing more athletes coming into the sport and we're just seeing a lot more names up within that top 10 top 15 of the FPO field and so congratulations to them it's awesome to see it because you know that's what they want they want more competition they want to you know be tested yeah, week were. in and week out by you know not only one person but multiple people um, within the pro tour I would say so after round three we had a tie at the top Page with another hot round, um, coming in with a seven down, thousand one rated to tie Missy Gannon who shot three down, and going into the final day, they're gonna be tied at fifteen under par. It's
1: looking pretty similar to last year. Coming in, coming in hot. Like there's there's a lot of rivalry, a lot of animosity, but they love each other, they're going to they're gonna fight hard.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're good friends, oh, but they are once good they're friends. on the course, like you yeah, know
1: You're gonna you're gonna make it worth. They're
0: trying to win. Definitely. They're trying to you know, they're trying to best themselves and at the same time hopefully that's good enough to set them over the top and you know, be the winner. Like we play the game to win. Definitely. So after that at eleven under par. Um, so four strokes back, plenty of wor- room to work at Northwoods. Um, we have Sarah Holcomb, who shot a five down on the day, and then Kristen Tartar, who shot a two down. Um, so still there within contention to go get it on the last day at Northwood, I would say. I would Anything within six strokes... You never know when more tightly wooded, especially
1: n- Northwood, but within six strokes, I'd say is a... You have a chance. You have a
0: chance. Um, and so... Lisa Fakes had shot even on the day, but that's going to leave her at 10 under par. Owen Scoggin shot six down on the day. Great round Smooth out of her, player. moving her up to 8 under par on the event. Uh, 7 off the lead. And then we had a couple 7 under totals with Katrina Allen, uh, Madison Walker, and Holly Finley. So we still have some room to work. I would say there's kind of probably only 4 names that come to mind when I would predict a winner after day 3, I would say. Yep. but. At that course, it's anyone's game. Uh, we did have three Eagles on hole six, uh, which was uh, Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, and Natalie Ryan. So congratulations on those Eagles. And hole 15 was no birdies today.
1: No birdies. After having five on day two, it really shows you how hard it is day three.
0: So the changing of not only weather, but you know maybe different play style because it's the third day some of those players that got it the day before maybe aren't pushing as hard because they want to stay where they're at. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Definitely. But to see no birdies, um, you know.
1: Playing some smart golf, hopefully.
0: Hopefully playing some smart golf, but, you know, of course also, you know, showing that not every hole is birdieable like I was saying.
1: No, no, and not every hole should be birdieable. And that's just that's how the game is played. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't personally want to see, you know, 12, 14 down rounds all the time. Sure, mm-hmm. once in a while, but for the majority I would love to see players in the two over to two under par for the hot scores. And I think that's somewhere we can get to in disc golf. But maybe that's just not what disc golf is either. And uh, I think we're going to find that out as we yeah. grow in the it's next an evolution.
1: I yeah. like it. I'm just riding this wave.
0: So on to, whole, or on to round four, uh, once again, top 50% make that. And the top 50% consisted of people shooting over 945 rated golf, which I I haven't looked at recent cuts this year. But to me, that sounds high.
1: I mean, the level of... The women's level is certainly higher, I mean the threshold has exponentially grown and to see even now all these European women come over here, they're shooting at much higher rated l- levels and I feel like it's pushing the, the the FPO field in general.
0: It's it's awesome to see that we're having this kind of competition just kind of grow together as the field is growing. and. We're seeing it here just firsthand with that number. I feel like you know, at 9:45 rated in years past, you were able to win eight tiers.
1: Yeah, and now if you're barely getting through half the field, that's that's just it's just incredible
0: to see. I would say. Definitely. So we are at Northwoods for the final day with that 50%. Uh, the hardest hole on the course, no surprise here. Coming in at hole 18 at plus 0.8 over par. Uh, the second hardest hole, um, hole one again with 0.76 over par. And then the next one I wanna bring up is hole 14 at plus 6.8 over par. So one of the par fives there um, and really just shows that this course is very, very difficult to navigate. It has
1: has layers for sure. That hole 14 uh, definitely probably even played much harder last year. It's surprising that it's only third now. I would've thought that was probably the hardest hole if we came before we came into this event that had the most change I think between right off the tee pad their gap is larger the landing area is larger so if you can get out to set up for your second now probably third shot for the women it's it's doable but definitely still hard
0: yeah and I even I can agree with you more like you could see how much was cleaned out and how much the fairway had actually widened for this year compared to where it had been you know maybe months prior or you know in like you're saying years prior for sure whereas it was so tight that that hole was you know hard to get off the tee on whereas now it's not you know easy by any means to get off the tee but you're able to get a shot to the corner and then take two shots down the you know down the,
1: down the gaps down the main and fairway the
0: to get up and down for your birdie and just like a great, just like a lot of these holes have just really good layout to them, where you're not like throwing driver, driver, driver off the tee. Even for the women, they're throwing a shorter shot and then you know potentially a long shot if they want to force it, but they're able to throw just short shot, short shot, and then have the ability to get their birdie. So, and I feel like that's how golf should be. Yeah,
1: golf doesn't always have to have uh, birdieable holes. I feel like golf, 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 golf has opportunities of just pushing the par yeah. and like like these holes are a bit harder, it, it sets different types of tones. Yeah.
0: And these holes specifically on that point all played at par or worse and there was actually no birdie on these holes that last day. I mean,
1: what's hard. <laughs>
0: I would say these courses here, they're some of the hardest courses we're going to see all season. Um, it's good to see them right before Worlds, I would say. Kind of get everybody's mental game really yeah, like honed like shake in. Shake them up a little bit. Yeah, see where they're at yeah. mentally. So, uh, Just incredible to see like where the courses have come. And you know, Let's take a look at our leaderboard here. Missy Gannon coming out on top with hey, a 4-under yeah. on the day, 985-rated round to she finish at 19-under par. She came back. She did come back. She was down. She's like, that
1: second place win. She was down for
0: a little bit that last round, came back to win. I think she was down one or maybe tied at worst, but she was always very close. I mean, all weekend after the first day, she was either, at the end of the day, she was either in the lead or tied for the lead. So from the second round on, Missy Gannon was on fire. She was putting well. She was doing all the things you need to do within the woods to not only manage her game, to manage, to make mistakes but also just to get the birdie she needed. Um, Own Scoggin coming in second place with a five down on the day. Um, jumping up from what I believe was Chase Card to finish at um, 13 under on the round, or 13 under on the event. Uh, we have Lisa Fakes, uh Kristen Tartar, and Paige Pierce all tying at 12 under par. And then... Do you want to round out the rest of the yeah. leaderboard for us?
1: We're going to have uh, Alexis Mandohano who had a 7 down that round, a 10.08. That's freaking impress- impressive. But for the event, she'll finish at 10 down, solo. Uh, tied at 9 down will be Katrina Allen and Madison Walker. Solo at 8 down would be Katie Toddy. Uh, and finishing out at 6 down is Holly Hanland and Sarah Hokum.
0: So, there's our top 10 finishing. It's great to see some new faces, some familiar faces. And just to see how far, you know, the women's, like, has come. Uh, I mean, our second place is the uh, Masters World Champion this year.
1: Frickin' A. I mean, like, she, I mean, you can't mess with her. She's probably going to come back and try and win Masters, could twi- not Masters twice. Could you imagine I mean, worlds, she wins Worlds? Two Worlds in in Masters
0: Worlds? Double world. Has that
1: ever been done? You can do it,
0: Owen. I believe. I believe in own. So that's going to be our our, uh, final round of the FPO. Uh, Once again, congratulations to Missy Gannon. On the weekend, she averaged 989 golf to win. That is incredible. She's pushing the bar week in and week out, Um, not only for herself, but the rest of her competitors and saying, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And if you want to win, you're going to have to beat me. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: She's been up there numerous times this year. Numerous times, I mean, her first big win of the year, but she's been competing. She's fighting. She's a fighter. Great putter. So, some stats from the players. um, No surprise here own led all putting categories. Oh, cool. C2, C1X, putting gained. I see you. Do you? Yeah, I see you. Here I am. Here I am. I see you. (laughs) Oh. And uh, leading our T to green was actually uh, Katie Toddy, um, who was actually only .01 over Missy Gannon. So, not surprised to see Missy's name up within these stats here that Udis provides for us because, Mm -hmm. you know, she obviously won the event. Um, Congratulations, though, to um, Deanne Carey and... Raven Klein on no OB on the weekend, the whole weekend, all weekend no OB.
1: Dang, dang girls,
0: dang. Way to keep it in bounds. Way to keep it in bounds. And Missy Gannon only having two OB strokes on the weekend. I mean
1: that's 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 how you win.
0: That's that is how you win. Um, as as well as her competitors in the top ten, they all averaged over her amount of strokes OB. Um, the average for our top ten FPO was five point one eight. OB strokes so about three strokes over what Missy did and it just shows that you know there's a lot of OB on these courses even the people in the top 10 are going to OB and you just need to overcome your mistakes.
1: If you can fight through your mistakes and fight through that keep them level head your mental game will be sound.
0: Yeah it's game. it's a game of you know inches strokes, strokes and it's not going to be perfect it's not always going to be pretty that's for sure.
1: Strokes on folks but
0: if you're out here and you know you keep Pete and stroke in and stroke out like Missy did this weekend you're gonna you're gonna come out on top with these um, events and proud of her and proud of you know where all of our competitors have you know come from so it's fun to watch um, I'm glad we're here for it um, and wrapping up what do we have this week
1: hey yeah we're gonna introduce to you Isaac's weekend wowser. we had Heck of a wowzer this week.
0: We sure didn't.
1: And wow, we was it tossed. Uh. We have Chandler Fry on hole seven. Seven. Seven baby. Seven. That baby, uh, I was behind the catch cam on whoa, the whoa, whoa, whoa. let's uh, let's uh, watch this. Can and we we'll, watch that? And then we'll talk about it. Can let's we, watch this Can we first. watch it together?
0: oh so good this guy when your card is yelling that stuff behind you you get so hyped yeah you're just like wait yeah i did good yeah and here's your angle let's talk us through it
1: oh i right there i knew it was going in oh i just wanted to hold that when all this adrenaline's hitting me i know that i just got to make sure that i hold that shot like those shots are what everyone else is going to be watching for the moment, for the moments to come. Chandler's going to appreciate that. Like, that was just a beautiful shot that needs to be captured.
0: Are you shaking or anything? Or all I'm kind of like, here, all i here. You pushed those emotions I out. I push those
1: out. Like, I've gotten to the point where, I mean, my first event was freaking Casey White throwing in the tilt shot. So, I mean, like. <laughs> I, I've had a few under my belt, and I, I can add that one to the resume, and I'm not going to say that they, they, they dole down any bit, but
0: that was... How about shout-outs on close calls off drives this weekend? Close
1: calls on drives? Who Let who's, me. was pushing I, that? I'll tell you one in particular. Close call on hole 14, we had an amazing... Simon wanted to throw it in. I, I, I know he did. It, we were at Eureka. It was a... a Big. It was. I think it was his approach after his drive. It came out. I was behind the basket. Hits the sun, and I see it. I'm gonna hold my shot, 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 and then I just know. Oh my! This is gonna hit me.
0: <laughs> and so I move. I move,
1: and it goes past me, and he sets up for for a freaking wild birdie.
0: Yeah. He set up for a long look there. He ran the look. Unfortunately, no go. But, no go. Hey. Way to get up there, and that's your uh, Isaac's Weekend Wowzer. That's my Weekend Wowzer. Your close call from the catch cam. Hey, so yeah. Up next, we have the TrueBank uh, Des Moines Challenge, uh, presented by Discraft. It's uh, at Pickard Park, just south of Des Moines, um, and I'm excited for the event. It's a great yeah. park-style course. It's going to have some OB here and there. It's going to have some ponds. Uh, we're going to probably lose a disc here and there, but... Overall, it should be a good weekend, I would say.
1: Yeah, definitely a good weekend. Who
0: do you who do you think you got a good feeling for this Ooh. weekend? So here's our next thing we're going to add, and that's going to be we're going to start having picks of the week for our next event. Um, and my pick and prediction, you heard it here first, folks. I pick Gannon Burr to come out on top this week. We're in his home state of Iowa. He's been absolutely shredding this year, and... One of these weekends, he's gonna win by eight strokes, I promise you.
1: Honestly, I really like that. I was I was thinking a bit more along the lines of who's gonna get their third win this year. And I think Simon. I think Simon's gonna get his third win this year. And but I think Dannon has a good good chance second. But I, I wanna see Simon take number three.
0: Take it down. Yeah, so is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Lock it in. Alright, so predictions for next week are me with Ganon Burr, and Isaac with Simon Lazat. We'll see how that works out. We'll catch you on the next episode of In The Mix. We thank you for liking and subscribing, and Isaac, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nick. Keep banging them chains.